Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's summertime. That means beer, cookouts, and, of course, golf. So the next time you're ready to tee it up, be sure to make your tee times at 12OunceSportsRadio.com. That's right. You can now book tee times on 12 Ounce Sports Radio. Yep. Just go to www.12OunceSportsRadio.com and scroll to the bottom of any page. Click the banner that says Book Like a Pro, enter your course or enter a zip code, and then select a tee time of your choice. You'll get up to 50% off each time you book through 12 Ounce Sports Radio. So when you're ready to cheat your friends like Mike did in high school, just go to 12OunceSportsRadio.com. That's the numbers 120ZSportsRadio.com and book your tee times today. We've all been there. You're standing in the beer aisle staring at the same selection that was there last week and just wishing you could try something different. That's where Tavor comes in. Tavor is the best and easiest way for you to get the beers that you can't find in your favorite bottle shop. No need to hunt down people to trade with or worry about sending some sketchy guy a PayPal account hoping that he delivers on the bottle that you want. Tavor has your back. They only work with independent breweries, so there's no risk of getting suckered into buying an InBev beer pretending to be a craft brew. And it's insanely easy. Just sign up for your free account, download the Tavor app for your Android or iPhone, and you'll get notifications when new beers are ready. Just go to the app and click Get It, and they'll put the quantity requested aside for you and ship it to your door. You can ship as many beers as you want for a flat fee, and you can schedule your delivery as soon as one week and as late as five after you select the beer you want to buy. And now, fans of Craft Brewed Sports can get $10 in credit after you buy your first beer through Tavor.com. Just go to our website, CraftBrewedSports.com, and click the Tavor link in the menu bar. Create your free account, and after your first beer is shipped out, you'll see a $10 credit hit your account. There's no commitment, no contract, no gimmicks, just great beer delivered directly to your door. This is Bronson Arroyo from the Cincinnati Reds, and you're listening to Craft Brewed Sports with Scott and Mike. (laughs) 
Hey everybody and welcome to another edition of Craft Brood Sports. I am Mike with me, as always, my main man Scott. No Joe in the studio today. Feels weird. There's a slight absence. Yeah, this uh, this tricycle is back to being a bicycle this week. It's tandem though. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> ready to, uh, to tap this keg of sports knowledge, my friend? Sure, let's go ahead. You pump up one. Deal! Mm. How you feeling, man? Happy National IPA Day. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, we thank God for Joe's dad. Yeah, I had no fucking clue. I didn't know either. And we he really was like, the ball on that. Uh, yeah, he was like, hey, uh, do you know it's National IPA Day? And I was like, oh, we were supposed to drink a cider again today. So really good thing. We're not drinking that. And we're doing an IPA. Instead. I am not complaining about not drinking another cider as interesting and decent as the one was last week. Uh, I could go another couple weeks without cider. Yeah, I'd be okay waiting a little bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll revisit it someday. <laughs> well, thank you guys for tuning in. We got an awesome show for you today. We are going to do an interview uh, with uh, Pat McGlone, who is fighting in the Rough and Rowdy uh, fights uh, coming up this Sunday. Uh, so we'll talk to him, find out what he's been doing. We got uh, our first ever motherfucker hall of fame no motherfucker of the week just a hall of fame just, class yes uh, five inductees going in tonight five nominees that we have worked tirelessly <laughs> to uh to name we're looking forward to it uh i can't wait to reveal this class to everybody i'm sure everybody probably can figure out uh at who- least two of them yeah. There's two that will come to mind very easily if you pay attention to this show or the group on Facebook with any type of regularity. <laughs> I, I, you can guess two, just the first three don't count. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, we will reveal that a little bit later on in the show. We're going to talk some Urban Meyer. We're going to talk some NBA we have gambling. To. Yeah, mean... we're forced to talk Urban Meyer, but... Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's I, as much as I don't really want to talk Urban Meyer, it's it's something we got to do. Um, yeah, uh, Rate pointed out, according to Facebook, tonight's show may include graphic violence and gore. Can't wait. Yeah, I don't know what that's all about. I saw that um, pop up and I thought, is that something new? I don't. Are know. we going to kill each other? Uh, I might kill a computer or a program oh. uh, for the the issues that we're having uh, because uh, once again we're having some issues getting onto twelve ounce. Uh, so apologies to twelve ounce that isn't listening anyways. So fuck it. <laughs> I mean, like you'll hear the replay. I don't know. I don't, I can't figure out why this will not work for us. But whatever, we'll get this figured out uh, eventually. Anyways, uh, let's talk about the beer that we are drinking since we don't have a Motherfucker of the Week poll. Uh, so this week's beer is Liquid Truth Serum IPA. That was from strictly the reason I picked it up. Just because of the name. Just you because of the name. Just off of the name. Out of Dogfish Head Brewery. Uh, found it, and I thought, 7% Liquid Truth Serum? Let's go. <laughs> that was all I needed to see because, like we mentioned, we didn't actually plan on having an IPA today. And then I was like, "Uh, we should probably get something." It'd be a bad look if anybody called yeah. us out on that. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, oh you're the podcast. beer show. You don't have an IPA." Yeah, um, yeah but uh, here we are. We got it. Uh, so this one, I read up about this beer. It's kind of interesting the way that they do this. So normally IPAs are added in the boil. Uh, hops are added in IPAs in the boil, and this beer they add IPAs like throughout the, the process, even after the boiling. So they do whole leaf IPAs, they liquefy them, they've got pellets, they've got powdered uh, 
I keep saying IPAs. I mean hops. I'm I'm just interchanging the two. Where I'm like, oh, they use liquid IPAs. They're, they're all fucking liquid <laughs> IPAs, Mike. You goddamn idiot. Well, it was um, occasionally a solid IPA. Yeah. Right. Uh, so they a use gaseous IPA. <laughs> So they use uh, they use all these different types of uh, hops throughout, even after the boil uh, in the process, and turns out to make this really citrusy, uh, fruity IPA flavor. Uh, when they they describe it as a resinous flavor, which. Uh, kind of scares me that it's yeah, going to taste kind of like a weird way to I, I'm like, am I going to drink bong water? Is that what this is going to be? <laughs> Rosin bag right in your mouth. Uh, real quick. Yes, sir. Before we, uh, keep going on, uh, the beer, it's, it's very not often, not frequent that we have breaking news, but, uh, earlier people were all up in an uproar that, uh, in the newest version of Madden, Colin Kaepernick's name was omitted from one of the soundtrack songs. Yeah, what was that out. all about, man? Well, was that a fake video? No, it was okay. true that it actually happened. And um, the artist had tweeted at Colin Kaepernick and said, hey, what am I doing? Don't know why they did anything like that. Colin Kaepernick said, thanks, appreciate it. But according to Derek Ravel on Twitter, EA Sports just announced that they didn't mean to omit his name. Oh, yeah. Seems kind of funny. Mm. But they're going to add it back in the update. Sure. Okay, <laughs> cool, man. Thanks. Yeah. EA fucking shit up since forever. <laughs> EA Sports. Fuck Colin Kaepernick. That's their new motto. That's what's going to happen when the, the game starts up. Uh, but anyway, back to the beer. Anyways, back to the beer. So uh, they say it's a juicy, resinous flavor. Got great reviews. 3.9 caps on untapped and 93 on rate beer. Um, IPAs tend to get really high ratings though on rate beer. If they're good IPAs, because you know, beer fans are IPA fans right. most of the time. Uh, so have take we, that with a grain of thought. Have you ever uh, had salt. one that was lower, like some of these IPAs? I feel, well, An IPA that, that was lower? Well, that French toast one, but, and that was just because it wasn't widely available. I, th- I think didn't have That's high marks. Weird. Okay, that's I'm very just, strange. I'm just trying to think uh, of IPAs that we've had on here. Were there any that stuck out as, oh, this one's piss poorly rated, and uh, we're about to you know have it? <laughs> that, that's the only one I can remember you mentioning that it had a almost incomplete rating just because it wasn't widely available. Was that French toast IPA? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I have no idea. Um, oh, hang on, hang on. Looks like 12-ounce just did some maintenance, rebooted their server. They're able to connect with our info. We might be able to get into 12-ounce. Uh, so while I'm doing this, you fucking... See, this is why we need Joe, man. I'm talking about I, something. Yeah. <laughs> All right, beer, beer, beer. All right, no, initial thoughts. What do you think of this beer oh, initially? Um, you know, I was trying to find... I, I spent more time in the store than I usually would trying to figure out which IPA to get and going through ton of ones that we've had over the last few months. In fact, I was kind of nervous. I was going to forget which ones we hadn't had and pick up one <laughs> that we had already had. So I was very conscious of doing that. But I wanted to try to get um, something that wasn't generic, I guess you could say. I almost picked up uh, Fatheads uh, all day. Uh, I was talking to telling Mike before the show, there was also a lot of... Um, very low ABV IPAs out there, just like 4.8, 5.2, and I don't know. I just wasn't in the mood to have something that low to pay 12 bucks for for a right. sixer. So when I found this, I just, you know, like I said, went off the name, went off 7%, and I was kind of expecting it to be overly hoppy just based on the description. I am pleasantly surprised that the flavor on this is 
pretty damn fantastic right out of the gates, and it is not overly hoppy. Dude, it all. is super smooth. Yeah, like very smooth. Well, and uh, I wanted to. I was also looking at ones that maybe had some fruit. I was like, all right, we'll get something to cut something tonight. I saw a pineapple one, but it was one of the lower ABVs, and I'm like, ah, eh, fuck it. So I was thinking that you know this was going to be overly hoppy, and I was just going to have to deal with it. This tastes like there's some sort of fruit in it, even though I know it's nowhere listed in the description. <laughs> like it, I, I couldn't tell you what it is, but it has more of a, a sweet flavor. Now it does say there's topical fruits. Is that right? No, it's topical. It's a very, you know, it's a very, uh, you know, top of mind fruit. It's, 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 it's like one of the like that are. Wait a minute, is it? Is it? Is that not supposed to be? Oh my God. So the, the the topical fruits are really uh, shining through. So um, no, yeah. I, first impression is that it's damn good. God damn it. We are a goddamn mess on this show. Constant. Why are we always a mess, man? I don't know. That just that just kind of sealed it. <laughs> like, wait a minute. This graphic that's been up for the last five minutes says topical Topical fruits. fruits. Very topical. Uh, topical fruits, topical show. That's what we are right here. Topical sports. I think, dude, I think this is a really good uh, flavor on this one, too. Uh, super, it. super good. Uh, I'll, I'll, again, with all of these, I don't know if... I'm going to be able to get through all of it uh, without it kind of growing weird and tasting a little nasty. Two 16 ounces is a little bit to get through, especially with an IPA. Um, So yeah, I don't, I don't know, but uh, as always, we'll see how it holds up. (laughs) Uh, You ready to do some uh, upper deck here, man? Yeah. um, In a second. <laughs> yeah. I, I had to I had to move things around, but uh, this is also a reminder that Craftbird Sports is brought to you by Upper Deck, or well, Upper Deck. <laughs> Jesus, man! Upper Deck is brought to you by Minuteman Tickets, which is owned by a couple of local Ohio dudes or sports fans, just like all of you. Minuteman helps customers find the best deals on the market. These guys are all about honesty, all the time, every time. If someone has a better price, they'll tell you straight up. But Minuteman isn't just about sports or concerts or guys who can't read their reads correctly. They'll help you out with tickets to literally any event you want. They'll even sell your tickets for you. <laughs> or guys who can spell. Uh, with college football right around the corner, uh, end of this month, can't wait. Be sure to hit up Minuteman for all of your OSU football ticketing needs. Ooh. <laughs> Talk about topical. Uh, go like them on Facebook where they do weekly giveaways of merchandise, sports, and concert apparel, and of course, tickets. Uh, check them out at MinutemanTickets.com or give them a call 614-943-3000 and avoid all the fees. That's 614-943-3000. That was my favorite Minuteman read of all time. We nailed that Minuteman read. <laughs> uh, leading off upper deck, uh, S- Silver said that the NBA would be the first, and they are. The NBA and MGA. MGA? MGM. MAGA? Yeah. <laughs> that would make more sense. How ironic would that be if Make America Great Again was partnering with the NBA? <laughs> but no, MGM. They've officially partnered with the NBA, and that means gambling, 
is going to be taking place on an official an official capacity with the NBA and MGM. Now, this isn't an exclusive rights deal, so the NBA is still going to be able to negotiate with other partners. Uh, no terms were announced, so we don't know how much money was involved in this. Uh, there's still questions as to whether MGM can use uh, logos and whether or not they're going to be able to, uh, or whether or not they're going to do summer league games and and stuff like that or if it's just going to be strictly regular season uh this is for both the wnba and the nba so if you're an extra super degenerate gambler and you're out there placing bets on the wnba (laughs) uh, you'll be able to score the action on that um but yeah this is the first major sports league to partner with any type of gambling uh, affiliate and yeah like i said uh silver had mentioned that they were gonna lead the way with this and here we are a few months later as soon as uh things have kind the dust has kind of settled on that whole thing and boom they backed it up so good for the nba on taking the lead on this whole gambling it's it's pretty bizarre that the uh that they're doing this like i was trying to figure out what the whole like when it said when the headlines came out that they're partnered with mgm i'm like so does that mean only mgm is going to do nba bets because right that's going to kill uh, like the business big time you know what i mean mm-hmm. like but then i found out oh they're just using the data or some shit right well and i i thought it was kind of weird that mgm like didn't get any type of exclusive rights at all it's just yeah oh hey we're a partner well i mean anybody can more or less be a partner i mean that's not really that big of a deal and <laughs> the nba is just telling them right now yeah okay you got our our rights right now but we're also going to negotiate with anybody else out there that we want to it's basically just the nba going look we're getting our one percent from right. everyone we can so fuck you yeah <laughs> but you're I, just the first one bro but i'm glad you're, like i said you're not getting our sloppy seconds on this <laughs> i'm glad that adam silver you know backed up what he said and you know they rushed out to do this because again to me it, whether or not the deal you know we don't know the terms and all that and there's still all sorts of details that aren't known to me it's just the nba again getting out in front of all of the other leagues and doing something that they'll all eventually be doing but the nba can say well we did it first and and i just feel like they're the most progressive of all they're always yeah they're always out in the forefront of all of this kind of stuff yeah it's crazy to me how much they're uh they're able to do that um it, that's going to be super crazy to see how that all plays out. It's going to be awesome to kind of watch how gambling evolves with sports, even though it's already been a part of a huge part of sports the entire time. It's going to be really weird when we look back in 10 years and say, Oh, Hey, remember when the NBA partnered with MGM and now it's grown into this gigantic thing. Cause I, I know that it's going to turn into just this huge enterprise and things are just going to blow up and, I can only imagine how sports in general are going to look in the next 10 years. Gambling and sports, I think we're going to look back and be like, wow, it was small potatoes when you could just go to Vinny Von Boots uh, in a back room somewhere right. and place your bet. <laughs> right. And now they've got it to where you know, you're know you sitting there legally gambling from your living room on your phone with no... Yeah. No qualms, no hesitations, and you know, depositing and you know, getting money sent straight <laughs> to your accounts. Like it's gonna be cool. Uh, I'm looking is. forward to wasting both of my son's college tuition on <laughs> sports betting now that it's completely legal. <laughs> Good luck, kids. <laughs> uh, if Joe was here, he'd hit us with "Moon on." Uh, anyways, 
Next, you, you remember Sean Merriman? I do. Lights, Lights out. out. <laughs> Lights out. Well, Sean is uh, taking that nickname to a whole new level as he has signed on with World Bare Knuckle Fighting Federation. We talked about that a couple months ago. Uh, they had their first legally sanctioned bare knuckle boxing match in the United States was just recently in Wyoming. They've got another one coming up next month, and I think that's the one that Sean Merriman is going to fight in, which not a whole lot of training time on his part. Like, I guess they're just like, look, man, you're big. Like, you're going to knock this dude out. It you don't played matter. You in the NFL. You're right. a name. Right. Just go out there and hit somebody. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're not going to hurt you. It'll be fine. Uh, but Sean Merriman, this is like, I mean, there's been some MMA fighters that have gone into that league and mm-hmm. signed up with them. Uh, that now that they're bringing in some of these names and granted Sean Merriman is an older name and a retired dude, but it's still a name that they're bringing in. So I think that's really solid that uh, they're starting to do that and starting to bring some attention to it. What I want to see is I want to see this bare knuckle boxing allowed to go to other States. Like right now, I think there's only two that they're operating in. It's like Wyoming and Tennessee or something like that. So Wyoming, Right. Flyover. Country, right. Yeah. Literally. Wyoming. Even Wyoming is like, yeah, I don't know why we're here, man. Like, this is some bullshit up in here. <laughs> there's there's about 10,000 of us here. Sure, you can bare knuckle box. <laughs> Whatever. We don't give a shit, man, what you do. Just as long as you're here, like, cool. You, uh, thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Uh, but I would like to see Sean Merriman fighting this. Well, you, we're sitting here talking about gambling and, and professional sports leagues gaining traction. How much traction has this bare knuckle boxing gained in the last couple months? Just since we started talking about the whole thing, kind of dude, emerging. it's really it's, picked it's up. It's moving really quickly. I'm kind yeah. of surprised that uh, again, uh, older name, but a, a name guy like this is jumping in so early. I guess in the process, I feel like there would be you know kind of a year buffer period where people would kind of wait it out, and you just get all your generic degenerates who right. don't have anything else better to do down at your local bar. Like, yeah, hey, I'll burn Uncle Blacks. That's what I do anyway. Right, but right. But to have somebody who has a name come out and just, hey, you know, I'll do this. That's that's a pretty big deal for that league and or that, well, federation, I guess. And that, uh, you know, the sport. Yeah, uh, and I, I think, you know, to your point, now that it's getting a little bit more legitimized, we are going to see this expand a little bit more. Mm-hmm. When it first started, it was this novelty idea of, Oh, cool! It's just right. It's it's going to be a lot of blood. It's actually kind of like what UFC was when it first came out, where yeah. people were like, "This is fucking awesome! I'm going to get to see somebody die." Uh, and now they're kind of <laughs> starting to legitimize it a little bit more, and, and I think it could end up being pretty solid for him. Right, Sean Merriman, lights out. You know that's going to be his nickname in the league. Too. I hope he has that going across his ass like juicy on the booty, just lights out on the booty. <laughs> I mean, you gotta go there, right? Sure. When you've sure, got a sure. nickname like that for <laughs> boxing, man, come on. All right, now definitely would get the moving on now. Um, NBA news. So the the beef between the the beef Cavs, curtains? the beef curtains yes, between the Cavs. Yes, the beef curtains between the Cavs and the Warriors knows no end. Uh, so obviously, there was all sorts of trash talking there at the end of the series. Uh, we all heard about Tristan Thompson and Draymond Green. Uh, Tristan Thompson tried to go up and shake Draymond Green's hand at the end of the finals. Draymond Green basically ignored him, snubbed him, walked away, and then had all sorts of subtle jabs at the parade and shit-talking throughout the offseason. Well, the two of uh, them ran into each other at the same club in L.A. Uh, reports are that Draymond Green 
went up to Tristan Thompson to kind of end the beef, apologize, say, you know, he didn't mean to disrespect him, you know, he won the ring, so he can kind of dictate terms of apologies. It's kind of easier to do when you're the one who came out on top. (laughs) But apparently Tristan Thompson was having none of it, was ignoring him, and eventually just cold cocked him. Hit him right in the face. <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, Draymond Green didn't go down from this, so it well, wasn't like a knockout right. row. It was just, you know, bam, got punched in the face and two had to be separated and whatever. Well, now Draymond's saying that that's not the case. And in fact, not only did he say that's not the case, he said that, uh, well, he said that he'd been watching everybody's reports and, and news stories over the last few days on Instagram and that the reports are false, that it didn't go down like that. But Cleveland Cavaliers fans were saying that they were going to throw a parade to celebrate Tristan Thompson decking yeah. Draymond yeah. Green. <laughs> and Draymond Green mentioned, well, go ahead and have your parade. Y'all can keep that because I forgot that's the last parade y'all going to be having for a little while. <laughs> Now that LeBron's gone. <laughs> so the beef continues. Draymond's still being Draymond. And I, I guess the only thing from this for me was Tristan Thompson finally kind of stood up for himself. Yeah, good for him, man. But uh, if you're going to punch him, knock him the fuck out. Yeah, that was the weird part. I just assumed anytime you, you, you catch somebody, especially with a punch that they didn't see coming, that it probably knocks him down. And if you didn't knock him down, then... You probably yeah. don't want to go fight lights out in the bare knuckle. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, poor Tristan, man. And then he had to go home to Chloe and explain to what what happened. Like nah, she she saw it all because she's got him on cam. She knows where he's at. Saw you punch Draymond. What? Don't worry about it. I saw it. Nothing gets past me anymore, Tristan. Nothing. All right, well, how about we get into some beer news? It's been a while since we've done a beer story on the show. Uh, so one of the things, we've talked to a bunch of brewers, and one of the things that we always hear is that the beer uh, industry is such a cooperative and supportive family. And like, you remember when the dudes from 50 West were here, they were saying, oh yeah, if we need something, we reach out to another brewery. They bring us some some hops or whatever until right. we can get through. Well, apparently that's not always the case because <laughs> uh, there's a brewery in Iowa uh, just outside of uh, Des Moines. They're called, uh, uh, I can't think of the name of it. There it is, Toppling Goliath. I fucking know what I'm doing in this job. Where is Joe? God damn it. Uh, Toppling Goliath makes a beer called Suda Sue, which is a, an American pale ale, so it's kind of a popular beer uh, that they have. Um, but basically, their head brewer left and went to, he was unemployed for a little bit and then he went to a different brewery that's in Des Moines that just opened up called uh, Thew Thew Brewing uh, which is the worst name for a brewery I've ever heard because I can't fucking pronounce it Thew T-H-E-W is the name of this brewery Uh, so anyways he went there and the people at Toppling Goliath were none too pleased about this (laughs) they said that he had a non-compete clause in his contract which I can't believe that a brewery would make somebody sign a non-compete clause, but they're basically suing this guy now, <laughs> Chris like Flunker. Some company, I know. Mm-hmm. Mm. Fuckers. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Love you, Nero. Uh, anyway, so Toppling Goliath uh, says that because of that non-compete, he wasn't allowed to work at a competing brewery within 150 miles of their <laughs> shitty town outside of Des Moines, <laughs> Iowa. And they said that him leaving. 
quote, he has access to their recipes, formulas, and techniques, which will cause damage uh, with implementing their trade secrets elsewhere. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Like, that is the the dickest this thing. shit way too seriously. Yeah, like, oh, wait a second. Let me guess. You used hops and malts and you used water and yeast oh my god he's got it all it makes me think of the guys trying to infiltrate Willy Wonka (laughs) the the damn the damn recipes for the damn chocolate factory like are are we taking it that serious you hired him and they were like did you bring the everlasting gobstopper and he's like yeah but why this you don't use this to make beer they're like it was just a test we wanted to see if you do it you're hired I mean, seriously, that's the first thing that hopped in my mind. Like, come on, guys. It is not that serious yeah. that they're taking the entire recipes. And, and I mean, here's the other thing, too. A really good brewer, like somebody who is considered a better brewer, can taste a beer and can deconstruct it. Like, remember when we were talking mm-hmm. at Blank Slate? Like, they're able to just manipulate things and be like, even if this isn't how you do it, I can make you think that's the exact same beer using whatever ingredients I can. Right. So it doesn't matter. All he has to do is go pop a can and taste it and be like, yeah, I can make this. I could totally do this one. Yeah. That's why Matry, Matry just puts their recipes up on their on their website because they're just like, any good brewer can do this. So whatever. You're like, you guys can homebrew this. It's right. fine. It's unbelievable to me that they would go to these lengths to sue a guy and try to keep him from making money. Like, that is a dick move, and it makes me never want to support Toppling Goliath again. So much so that I didn't even remember their name in the story. How about that? <laughs> There's the tie-in, baby. <laughs> Boom, nailed it. That's why you stuck. Oh, all right, cool. Well, we're moving on to my favorite story of the week because, man, you want to talk about petty. So... CBS Sports analyst Dennis Dodd is a little pissed off at Bryce Love. Bryce Love is a junior running back out of Stanford, and he's a preseason Heisman candidate. But he skipped Pac-12 Media Day this week. Um, Well, Dodd thinks that you need a really good excuse for missing the holiest of holy Big 12 Media Days, or Pac-12, Pac-12, it's very important to go there. We know all of you listening probably streamed it live to not miss a second of it. But, you know, because the Pac-12 is so good. Right, yeah. All of the powerhouse teams. Such a great, it's such a great conference that, like, midway through the year last year, they were like, yeah, none of these fuckers are making the playoffs. Not even none of these fuckers are making the playoffs. It wasn't, it wasn't even a question. Right. (laughs) They were were all eliminated. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, so Love actually missed because he's trying to graduate early, had to take additional summer classes. He was at a lecture when the the Pac-12 Media Day was going on. How so dare he? That's the reason that he missed How Media Day. How dare you? But that wasn't a good enough reason for Dodd. In a column, Dodd went to say, quote, put it this way, try to envision Tim Tebow in his heyday skipping SEC Media Day of because, well, school. Right or wrong, that wouldn't have happened. The need to better himself, the conference, and his school would have outstripped another summer school lecture, end quote. Well, Dodd also went on to say, quote, Let's just say Stanford forfeited a bit of leverage to protest if Love doesn't win the Heisman. End quote. Fucking dick move, man. Well, first of all, the fucking Heisman shouldn't need to be 
levied for. Like the school, you know, sitting there doing, and a school like Stanford, I would hope, doesn't stoop to enough lows to be sitting there petitioning that their guy win the Heisman. I would hope that Stanford would just say, yeah, I mean, you know, he's going to win it off his merits on and off the field. And, you know, if he doesn't, then be damned. We're not about to worry about petitioning to get it. I mean, if there has to be that much politicking, I'm not saying that politicking doesn't go on. But at a school like Stanford, I hope that they're above that. But how in the fuck is some guy going to sit here and say, nah, man, you shouldn't be trying to better yourself with school. You need to worry about this conference. You need to worry about our, our you need to think about us first. You need to come talk to the media. <laughs> and what are the, uh, it's all just BS questions and answers yeah, media, anyways. Media it's not like you're learning simp- anything simplistic important. Simplistic questions, simplistic right. answers. How do you think the team's going to do this year? Uh, we're going we're gonna to go out there. We're going to try our best. I think we've got a really good squad. Uh, you know, we got a lot of guys right. coming back. It's going to be, uh, you know, we got a lot of tests in the... In it's the, all generic Like, they should have just recorded the regular crappy answers that are given and just had Bryce Love. Like, no. somebody queued up. Boom, play. I'll give you even one better. Hey, we got that video of uh, Love from last year's presser. <laughs> just play that for all of his things. Because they're going to ask thing. the same exact yep. questions. How do, you, the same how do you think you're going to... Here, uh, so for uh, Chris Dodd, here's the, here is your answers. Uh, how do you think you're going to deal with the Heisman hype? You know, I'm, I'm not going to try to let it get to him. I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to take it one game at a time, one play at a time. I just really want to... You know, I just want to focus on our team and really just getting through. At the end of the day, uh, you know, our goal is a, a Pac-12 championship and a national championship, and that's that's what I'm focusing on. I'm not worried about the Heisman hype like that. All that stuff is is secondary. So what you're saying is they could have just called you and I in there to sit in for yep. love, and we could have yep. done the press. Totally could have done it. Nailed it. We could have asked the questions and answered them, and been like, "Everybody, good? We good here? All right, get the fuck out because this is stupid." That would have been fantastic. Craft Brood Sports Media Day, <laughs> and it's just me and you conducting the interviews we back and forth. Okay, well, I think we just found out we what we're going to do. Yep, for there's a Oh. Yeah, there's there's a little little sneak peek of a, a video that'll be coming out on Craft Fruit Sports here soon. Um, all right, let's get into your last story of the week for for uh, not really having things planned out and like stories that we were like, man, we don't really have much to go on these. Upper deck's taking a long time today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last story of the week. USGA is being a bunch of cucks again. These motherfuckers, they can't get out of their own way. Uh, This time around, the USGA is saying that they are going to limit the use of cards that the pros use to read the greens. So basically, (laughs) um, the pros have cards that they carry around with them. It gives them an idea of the slope, where every couple of feet, where the slope is, how harsh the slope is. Mm-hmm. And you see it a lot with guys as they're walking down the fairway, they're pulling out the cards to see uh, how they, how far away they are, uh, all these different tools that they have. Uh, but the USGA is saying that that is taking away an integral part of the game. Uh, the head of the USGA said, quote, reading a putting green is a skill that should be part of the game. It's traditionally been a skill that's part of the game. Oh, my God. Anytime your reasoning is because it's always been that way, probably shouldn't be a, a good reason to go to. Uh, he goes on to say, you think about architects and the subtleties that they sometimes put into greens. It's part of the challenge of the game. And these materials were just eliminating that challenge and eliminating the need for skill of a player, end quote. Uh, so they are trying to limit the uh, the cards that are used. Basically, it'll only be under 
uh, if the, the slope is over a certain amount, then it'll be in there. Otherwise, the green would be blank, uh, and you, you have to read the green to tell if it's going to break or not. Uh, old white man going to old white man. One of the dumbest things. The I mean, I, so here's the other thing that kills me. You're talking about a sport where there is another dude standing behind you telling you where to hit the shot, and they're saying, you can't look at that card. That's taking it. I mean, <laughs> that's taking things away from the skill. You you need to go ask the guy that's been carrying your bag around all day like we did in the old days. You also need to use the old style putters and walk. <laughs> Can't use none of them golf carts. They didn't <laughs> exist when we were out there. It's Mar. such a ridiculous uh, thing from the U.S. Golf Association. Uh, this has been Upper Deck. Golf is brought to you by MAGA. <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by Minuteman Tickets and... That bullshit. Uh, wow. Hey, real yeah. quick, before we move on, uh, we got a, a question on Twitter. Alice Jones wants to know when we're going to have uh, Catherine Nero on again. Mm, hopefully soon. Uh, um, I just tweeted Nero and said, hey. I'd love to, to have Nero on. The, the, um, people, the people want you. Do you, th- do you think she's going to uh, you think she's gonna open up uh, on the show if she comes back on? I hope so. It's Nero. I would love that. That would be... That would be... I mean, we get some, some I could Cincinnati just, love if I she comes on here, and, but yeah. I definitely want Nero back on the show. Okay, uh, Nero. A platform for there her. you go, Nero. Uh, come in and talk to us and, and let us know what's going on. I'll, I'll see if I can work the back channels, make that happen. Sweet, good deal. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, the drunk line is open four four zero thirty seven drunk. Feel free to call in. Uh, we will uh, take your calls up until nine thirty. At nine thirty, we're going to do an interview with Pat McGlone, who's fighting this week in the rough and rowdy brawl in Youngstown, Ohio. Um, Let's talk. I mean, let's get right into the urban thing. Yeah, because uh, we need to get this out. Of it's uh, it, okay. So, if you don't know, Urban Meyer is on paid administrative leave at this point from Ohio State. Basically, his wide receivers coach is a piece of shit human being and beat up his wife in 2009. Again, in 2015, he had a restraining order placed against him last week during the Big Ten media week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Urban Meyer said, if I would have known in 2015 that he had beat his wife, we would have cut him up then. It, it, he would have been done, and that would have been the end of it. Uh, turns out <laughs> that uh, Urban Meyer likely did know about it in 2015. Uh, text messages that were obtained by Brett McHenry uh, from the victim of the incident showed that at least Urban, we- Urban Meyer's wife knew about it, and the likelihood that she didn't tell her husband pretty slim uh there's also text messages that show that other wives of coaches knew what was going on so again uh tons of people in the locker room knew what was happening knew what was going on and then all of a sudden uh, didn't tell urban meyer about it which i find very hard to believe uh so now urban is under scrutiny for not reporting it and um essentially lying about not reporting it it's messy it's very messy. It's a very messy situation. Um, and it's one of those things, too, that I struggle with because uh, on one hand, uh, from Meyer's perspective, and I'm not excusing what he did, but there were not charges pressed in, in 2009. Now, the victim did go on to say that the reason why she didn't press charges is because she felt pressured by the university and by the coaching staff to not press charges because it could uh, cause issues. So there's that angle to it as well. Uh, But there was no charges. I don't think any charges were filed in 2015. I think there was an arrest made, but there's even some scandalous shit with the police report. Like everything is just a fucking mess. Really quickly. Nero said, 
She's here. She's game. We just need to provide the blueberry shandy. Deal. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> uh, all right, good. Well, maybe maybe that's how we're coming back after baby uh, with Nero on the show. There you go. That'd be a good way to come That'd back. That'd be a big get mm-hmm. for the second time around. Right. Uh, so anyways, Urban Meyer um, likely out at Ohio State. Uh, how do you feel about how this whole thing went down? I, it seems so weird because I felt like we didn't hear anything and then all of a sudden it just blew up. But then you're, you know, people are saying, "Oh well, we knew back this time," and then you know, suspensions back at media day last week. And to me, it was all just all of a sudden like it started. It wasn't a snowball downhill. It was like it started as this medium sized snowball, and then all of a sudden it was just this gigantic snowball. And right. I just was like, "Wait a minute, what is going on?" Yeah, In it fact, turned I, quick. Yeah, and when I initially heard the thing, I thought, "Oh well, this is going to play out over a couple of days." Next thing you know. He's on administrative leave. I I was actually really shocked. I thought it would take a little bit of time to to get to that point, if that's the point it was going to get to. But I guess to Ohio State's credit, they they acted quickly and were like, all right, let's do an investigation. But for the moment, we're going to do this. It's dicey because we live in a different time. If this happened 10 years ago, we probably aren't even talking about this unfortunately mm-hmm. because but domestic violence is a very hot button issue right now and if you know anything or have the ability to stop anything and you don't you're just as well and they're they're as... required coaches are required by title nine law right. to report this type of stuff well and, and you're just required as a human being in right, general right. that if you yeah, know yeah, agreed yeah see or know anything i mean you know barring all that stuff like that's great all by and by, but I mean, you would just hope that anybody would want to do something. Now, there's reports maybe that he did try to intervene and they were like doing things on their own, but I just, I don't understand why Meyer would risk everything seemingly now that it looks like for this, and I know where you're about to go with this because you, you want have, my you, you want my tinfoil hat <laughs> conspiracy you, theory. You have this Frank Underwood theory that I love. It's but a good theory. It's, it's a good theory. It's so convoluted that, I mean, I told you yesterday, if it's true, then I let him keep his job just because he had all the foresight. Here is my theory on, on why Urban Meyer would risk all this. The, the person at the center of this, Zach Smith, is the grandson of Earl Bruce, who is a very famous Ohio State coach, very prominent figure uh, in the Ohio State world. Urban Meyer... Leaves Utah, goes to Florida. Fuck you for doing that, Urban Meyer. Such a dick move. But right there is your indicator that this guy's a piece of shit. Uh, so he goes to Florida, hires uh, Smith on at this point. Uh, 2009, the incident happens. Now, Urban Meyer has always said Ohio State is one of his dream jobs. That's where he wanted to coach ever since he was young, ever since he was uh, decided to be a coach. Ohio State was one of his destination jobs. So he goes to Florida, hires this wide receivers coach. The shit goes down and he goes, I can't fire him because if I fire him, Earl Bruce isn't going to, he's going to block any attempt I have to go to Ohio state. So he has to keep him on Mm -hmm. gets the Ohio state job. 2015 comes around. He says, okay, shit. I can't fire him because Earl Bruce is going to get like, it's going to come back on me. Earl Bruce is going to pull some strings. I'm out if I fire him for this. So I can't fire Earl Bruce's grandson. Finally, 
2018 comes around. It becomes public knowledge. There's nothing really you can do about it then. On top of that, Earl Bruce is dead. So now you're safe to fire this guy. So he fires him and thinks everything's good. And then everything comes out that 2015 he knew about it. And all hell breaks loose. That is my conspiracy theory uh, tinfoil hat <laughs> way down the rabbit hole. That's me being Alex Jones just being like, let me tell you about 9-11 and Urban Meyer. Uh, <laughs> but the crazy thing is it doesn't sound entirely off the wall, unfortunately, because these college coaches are so they, – they have to know what they're going to do 12 steps ahead. That's why it always pisses me off when they're sitting in the living rooms of kids and telling them all these fantastical lies, essentially, knowing damn well that they've got both feet out the door, you know, first thing that's off. Right. He's sitting there telling – you know, he says, well, Ohio State's the dream job. I mean, that means all those years he coached anywhere – you're just like, well, this is all just a farce. Right, when like you're, you're in you're Bowling Florida, Green. Yeah, you're Bowling yeah. Green. You know, like if I'm a Florida fan, it just feels like, well, cool. You know, we're right. just a stepping stone. And even though they won those titles, it was just, eh, he's just building his resume to get to Ohio State. Like, it just feels real <laughs> shitty. But that's how this whole thing works. It's such a dirty game with college head coaching. And it, I just, ugh. It's it's crazy, but I also just I think it's bizarre as, as all hell that as ridiculous as that theory is. Uh, the real reason was what was at the end of Brett McHenry's uh, Facebook post, where when he asked the same question, why would a coach risk all of this for um, you know for somebody who's a wide receivers coach? Not even like it's your right. offensive coordinators. Right. Like, your why would you head coach? Why would you risk this all for the grandson of your mentor? Like, what is what is the reason behind that? And uh, the victim in the case said, uh, Zach Smith told her that if it ever got out and he lost his job, he's taking all of Ohio State down with him. There's the problem because all the shady. Let's face it; it's not just Urban Meyer. It's every coach in the NCAA is shady. That like, oh yeah, absolutely. Let me back that up. Every winning coach in the NCAA right. is shady. There's absolutely no doubt about that. So Urban's got skeletons in his closet. He's done some shady shit. I mean, shit. He signed a murderer. So he's he's definitely done some things that are a little uncouth. And Smith knows it. And he is the one that can take down not just Urban Meyer but the program in general. And that's that's the reason why he gets to stay on staff as long as he does, until it becomes. Oh shit! Everybody knows about this now. There's no way we can cover it up. You got to go at this point. He gets to hang around and collect a paycheck. It's just it's nuts. The thing that kills me is it, there's there's two sides to this that really bother me. Number one is the Ohio State fans who are coming out and just bashing this woman, saying that well you didn't press charges, you didn't do it, like acting like it's her fault in some way. But Which on the is other side of that, what fans inexplicably do somehow victim blame. I I don't, I never understand that. Yeah. It makes no sense to me, but on the flip side of it, the people who are like celebrating urban Meyer getting fired over this are also driving me fucking crazy about it. Like I get it. Urban Meyer is a sleaze ball. I don't want him to have any success either, but take a step back and realize why this is going down and don't you like, celebrating the fact that he's getting fired is like, yeah, but he's getting fired because he allowed a woman to continuously get beat. That's fucked up. Right. Somebody had to get beat for this to happen and you're celebrating it because you perceive that it helps your team in some way, which is demented as all hell. But the same people 
who also blaming her again are thinking because it helps Ohio State in some way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. To their credit, <clears throat> Ohio State fans have been uh, the the ones that I know. All of the Ohio State fans that I know have all said. Any truth to it, he's got to go. Yep, like, everyone I, I have, know too. I haven't I seen a single fan that's yeah, I defended it. I don't know any personally that have sat there and tried to blame the victim. So I will give Ohio State fans credit that they're just like, eh. I, well, and also, I, I mean, you know, it, it's kind of shitty to say too in the scheme of things, I guess. But if you're an Ohio State fan, you know that what other job, like it's one of the most desirable jobs in the country. Like Urban Meyer's done that outside of, uh, Nick Saban, you literally have your pick of any mm-hmm. coach in the country who yeah. wants that job. So it's kind of easy to say, That's, yeah. well, Urban's got to go if this is the thing. Right. Because they're in a spot where everybody wants that job. Right. Because so. it was uh, Woody Hayes punches somebody in the throat. Woody's got to go. All right. Jim Trestle <laughs> comes in and leads you to a national title. And then the, the tattoo gate happens and he lies. And it's, well, if he broke the rules, then he's got to go. And he goes. And then Urban Meyer comes in. And the next season, when you're not bowl <laughs> eligible, he goes undefeated and then ends up winning you a national title, too. And it's like, yeah, Urban's got to go, too, I guess, because <laughs> who gives a fuck? Like, <laughs> I could coach Ohio State to a national championship at this point. Well, probably not, because I would get picked off by a 10-year-old. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, but that begs the question, and my question on the whole thing is, where's the line for fans? Like, how much are you willing to put up with from a coach? What's the level of shadiness before you're like, nah, this dude's got to go. Like, I'm not cool with this. That's a good question. Because there were a lot of questions when Harbaugh was in San Francisco, and it wasn't his shadiness, but it was how much the team and he allowed when – there are all those problems kind of going on with domestic violence and, mm-hmm. and you know, Alden Smith and the alcohol things. And, and there was a lot of, so how much before, you know, you cut these guys and then before it comes back on Harbaugh, but, you know, they're winning. And it's always such a dicey thing because, I mean, I didn't want Harbaugh to get fired, but I also was, it was tough to reconcile. Oh, yeah, I'm cool with him fostering these guys that are sitting here right consistently getting in trouble for domestic violence and other things like it's tough it's really to make tough, that call man. when you know easy when you're not winning though i'll tell you that and when your coach yep. ain't winning and then it's like yeah. oh god he's gotta go man we gotta so we gotta it's like it's like the two extremes <laughs> when you're a, a top tier program and you're you know you're gonna be fine no matter what it's easy to be like yep he's gotta go or right. if you're a dog shit program and you're you're Kansas, it's like, man, fuck it. Who gives a shit? Well, Cut but I, I will say that, though, there's been a lot of – I've seen the comparisons, and again, everybody more or less agrees, but then you're just like, oh, well, which is worse? But I've seen a lot of the comparisons to Penn State and Joe Paterno, and – well, it's they're similar in that you've got a coach who wasn't involved in what was going on with an assistant coach, but might have known and didn't say anything. Right. And while one kind of seems worse in the category of fucked up things, I guess you could say, <laughs> they're both still terrible in their own right. So, I mean, which is ultimately worse? Knowing about and not doing anything? Or, you know, I mean, where... Where do you say, all right, that guy's got to go because he didn't do enough? Right. Or, you know, because we, we'll never know how much Joe Pa actually knew. And I highly doubt that we'll ever know how much exactly Urban Meyer I think knew. we'll know how much Urban knew. Maybe. I, I mean, 
Yeah, I think it, it comes out how much he actually knew on this. But I'm just saying from his perspective, like, he can kind of gloss over, he can kind of sugarcoat the way, like, he, he knows. I mean, he can say, we can say, well, he knew X amount of stuff, and we can do the same thing with Joe Pa, but how much do they actually know, and how much is it just like, well, I want to turn a blind eye do to you? certain things. So let me change directions here. Do you think maybe, maybe... Urban did know and did report it to Gene Smith, the AD, and Gene Smith sat on it. And when it came up at media day, Urban said, I didn't know anything about it because he's trying to protect the program as a whole. Like, because if you notice, there's this trend with, at least with Trestle, uh, where he kind of took the fall for everything was like, yep, it's my fault. I'll fall on the sword. Because he he kind of valued him valued the program bigger than himself, so he took the blame for everything and kind of helped out the university in that case. I'm wondering if there's a little bit of that in this situation too, where Urban did know and maybe he did escalate it, and nothing came of it, and the higher ups just sat on it, and he knows that if they go down, like it's going to hurt the program more than if he just has to go. The dude's made so much money; he's at the pinnacle, people regard him as one of the best coaches right. in college football. Uh, I mean, I guess that at that point, it's like, do you take the hit to your reputation to try to protect the program? And I honestly don't know. Like, I, I could totally see that being the case. And if that's what really happened, and it comes out that that's happened, Ohio State is fucked. That's going to be problems. Yeah. I mean, it's so... There's so many levels. <laughs> like, it just, it, it, if any of that's true, like what you're saying, and, you know, the program did know and sat on it, that opens up this whole big old Pandora's box. Like, uh, it's, all of this is because of money, too. <laughs> like, that's the right. funniest part is, like, all of this fundamentally boils down to money. Yep. For Which, the university, for the coaches, like, everything. And that's really shitty to think that, Somebody getting domestically abused. It, it was allowed to go on by somebody or some program or entity because money. Right. That's pretty fucked up, man. <laughs> right. God, it, that's like so when you, dark. I was gonna say when you when you boil it down to that, you're just like, damn. That's <laughs> super super dark to think about. That it is. Oh man. Um, all right. Well, where do we go from here? At the Wait, says that Urban will be the next coach at Michigan. <laughs> <sighs> They're the ones. Michigan fans are the ones that are really salivating about this. Which is again, I think that's. I think that irks me just as much as the the fans who are. But then, like the Ohio State fans, whenever I've like, I haven't said shit about this uh, online other than saying. If he didn't report it, he deserves to be fired. Uh, I didn't think, before this all came out, before this whole article came out, I didn't think he was going to get anything more than a suspension and like a quick slap on the wrist, maybe pay a fine that goes to a a women's shelter or something like that. But it snowballed very quickly. Um, But every Notre Dame fan I've seen that comments about it and revels in the fact that Urban Meyer is now fired – some Ohio State fan comes back with, well, at least he didn't kill a kid. And I'm like, God damn it. Where are we at that, like, 
We just de- we justify. Yeah, well, duh, I know covering up domestic abuse is wrong, but he didn't kill a kid. And <laughs> That's like, kind of like the Penn what State. What the thing. fuck, man? Like, well, no kids got raped. Like, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, it's still terrible, no matter what. Like, <laughs> you can't really compare it to other crimes like that. Yeah, uh, super ridiculous on everybody's part. Um, so, do you think he ends up getting fired, or do you think this? administrative leave is just sort of like a let's hope this blows over. I actually hope and I think what ultimately ends up happening is that he resigns because it'll cast him in a better light if he go if he takes on the onus and says, you know what, I'm gonna step away from this. And then he kind of he kinda of does the Jim Trestle thing, right? I mean he takes the fall, the the university doesn't necessarily suffer. He still looks somewhat Decent. I mean, as decent as you can in, in some people's eyes, but it'll be like he'll be accepting blame by resigning, and so he he kind of gets to move on if he's still interested in coaching. I don't know because if this was his dream job and there's nowhere else to go from here, and he's made all this money and he faked heart issues at Florida to get out of there. <laughs> I mean, you know, where, where, like, does he just ride off into the sunset anyway? And this kind of just becomes a thing. If that's the case, then it's better than saying, well, I got fired from my last job, right? So I think for all parties involved, they kind of push it towards a resignation, and then it just kind of like fades to black, kind of, sort of. I mean, because I can't see him necessarily coaching anywhere, and if the only way that he could is if he resigned and then, you know, kind of sat back for a couple of years, eventually somebody would poke around but do you think somebody would though do you think somebody would would take a chance on him after something like this yes because that's just the way it works he's still a winning head coach and it boils down to winning it's all about them dubs yeah i mean <laughs> you got to get them dubs i mean that's the that's the problem is money and winning will trump it and somebody i mean i don't necessarily think he'd end up with you know an ohio state level job but somebody would be like you know what him knowing about it and not saying anything. He, he wasn't the actual one doing the domestic violence. That's true. So uh, that's how that's how but we Trestle, would get justified. Trestle was like fucked after it all came out, and he lied to the NCAA yeah. over tattoos. He was fucked to the point that he was just like, "Yeah, I'm done coaching. I'll go be the president of Youngstown State," which was weird. I mean, I thought he would get another job someday, but he just didn't. I I think that maybe was that's kind just of a him. Re- yeah, yeah I, you're right. You're but right. again. Urban Meyer's at that age, too. I mean, he's not a young guy. So, I mean, right. how much longer... You got to imagine that this was his last job if he just rode off anyway. Yeah. Like, he wasn't going to have another job. After. So, being forced from this job, I don't really know that you could say he loves it that much. And knowing that he'll never be at Ohio State again, if that was the dream, what's, right. what's kind of the point? What's of the point? Going on? So, resign and then just kind of move on, I guess. We'll see how that plays out. <laughs> Let's switch gears all together here. Uh, we got on the phone with us right now, Pat McGlone from Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, Pat is going to be fighting this Sunday night in the Rough and Rowdy Brawl number four, uh, live from Youngstown, Ohio at the Cavelli Center. Pat, uh, can you hear us, man? Yeah, man, I can hear you. Hey, man, how you feeling? I'm feeling really, really good, man. <laughs> well, thanks for uh, for talking with us, man. Really appreciate it. Pat is another Cardamuni guy we've had uh, 
Courtney Love on the show uh, did an interview with us, and now another Mooney guy coming in to talk about some uh, crazy shit going on in Youngstown. Uh, so, Pat, for those of uh, for those listeners that don't know what Rough and Rowdy is, why don't you give us a little breakdown of uh, what the event actually is? Yeah, so uh, Rough and Rowdy is um, basically off the street fighters. So they just find guys that um, have no boxing experience and uh, just kind of want to get into a ring and beat someone up that also doesn't have any boxing experience. Um, and they just kind of promote it as, you know, defenseless fighting, haymakers, big knockouts uh, against your common folks. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of like no holds barred. All right, so that sounds absolutely batshit crazy uh, as a, a person. And maybe it's just because I'm almost 34 years old where I'm like, yeah, I have no interest in wanting to be like, yeah, sign me up for somebody to just throw haymakers at me. What made you want to do this, man? Uh, so, well, I'm, I'm a big Marshall <laughs> fan as it is. I, uh, I listen to you know them and, and follow them on you know all the social medias and all that kind of stuff, so... Um, when I heard they were coming to town, it was huge. And my brother sent me the link, and he's like, you got to fight in this. I'm like, yeah, I do got to fight in this. So I just signed up on a whim. And it honestly became a thing that even though, uh, like, it's, I know how crazy it is, and I know it's like a spectacle of, you know, uh, people. But at the same time, like, I knew they were coming to Youngstown, Ohio. And uh, I kind of wanted to just put my hat in the ring to be one of the people that kind of defended our town. Like everyone says, uh, even the Barstool guys talk about being the city of grit and all that kind of stuff. And I was, uh, <laughs> I just wanted to be one of the guys that kind of showed uh, what Youngstown had to offer as far as uh, toughness and stuff like that. So you mentioned your brothers were the ones that kind of brought it to you as as uh, going in there. So it sounds like your family is is pretty on board with this. Uh, you're also a firefighter in Youngstown. How's the reaction been around the firehouse? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, the, the brothers were all for it. My brothers, uh, they, they were all excited about it. They're Barstool fans, too. Uh, the fire department, those were like my other brothers. Uh, and... Uh, they were, they were mixed feelings. It was almost like your actual brothers where they were giving me a hard time telling me uh, they hoped I got knocked out and all this kind of stuff. But uh, they're going to be there in full support of me when it comes down to it. So, uh, yeah, there was a lot of reaction from those guys too. Uh, are you worried that if you lose, you're going to have to quit your job and not be able to face uh, the brothers at the fire station again? Because like, that would be my worry. I'm moving, I'm moving to Canada. Yeah, the free healthcare or something. But yeah, you, you are. I can't show my face in Youngstown again. <laughs> well, Pat, what's the uh, training been like for going into this fight? What have you done to uh, get ready for it? Um, one of uh, the guys that worked on the fire department. He was a uh, a former uh, UFC fighter, uh, and he trained me for two months, and basically. Uh, didn't cut all, all the uh, shortcuts of learning, you know, all this kind of stuff. And we just went straight into, uh, you know, fighting the first day he beat the shit out of me. I was uh, walking out of there with bloody focus regularly and, and he threw me right into the fire. Um, but for two months, uh, his name's Kevin Zalak. He uh, is out of uh, next level martial arts. And uh, yeah, we, we sparred a couple times a week. Uh, just getting used to the pacing and oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm sure glad I did it because it's so tiring. Like I can't, I can't, you can't underestimate how tiring it is enough. It's just, 
it's a full body exhaustion for just a couple minutes of work. It's a, it's a really crazy feeling. Yeah, and, and Pat McGlone is joining us. He, he's fighting in Rough and Rowdy Brawl in Youngstown. It's Sunday at 7.15 p.m. It's only available to stream at roughandrowdybrawl.com. You can get it, uh, the pay-per-view for $15.99 through Saturday. It goes up to $19.99 the day of the fight. Uh, so if you are interested, make sure you, uh, you check that out. Uh, Pat, there was a, uh, a camel cop who was billed on this fight who had to resign because of a promo video that he had shot. Uh, it's like a cop versus skateboarder thing that they're billing. Uh, they did a ride along with him. He actually had to resign from his job. Uh, anything that you were worried about that, you know, this may impact your, um, your job as a firefighter because, you know, Barstool Sports has a certain connotation. There's a negative connotation with them. They, they, aren't necessarily viewed as the most uh, straight-laced uh, <laughs> uh, entity that's out there. So were you ever worried about your job, or were the fire, was the fire station, like, totally cool as soon as you told them it was going down? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always cautious. I, I feel like um, the Youngstown Fire Department has a really good reputation, so I kind of try to leave that out as much as I can. Um, they, they somehow knew that I was a firefighter, so... The, that's all brought into it, but I never wanted to wear my, <laughs> you know, badge around them or, or bring that into it. I kind of wanted to leave that separate. Um, and I know Ryan, Ryan Young, the, you know, the camel cop, and he's a good kid. But as soon as I saw that video, I was like, man, I, I wonder how that's going to shake out with, you know, the public eye and everything like that. Because uh, there is a fine line between, like, being a public servant and, you know, um, you know putting, putting Barstool in the mix with that, mixing those two together uh isn't always the best recipe for success so uh my biggest thing was just to keep the two separate i wanted to fight in rough and rowdy and uh fight uh and be a young style firefighter but i didn't want those two to, to mix at all yeah uh, so. glad i glad i brought it up then a lot too thanks man sorry didn't realize <laughs> didn't realize we were keeping that secret so uh non-young sound firefighter pat mcglone joining us <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no big deal. I mean, it, it's out there, but yeah, but I mean, I've I've received no backlash. Everything from the Young South Fire Department's been positive. I've just been uh, trying to trying to lay low with, with all that. So, <laughs> especially after the news of his came out, I was like. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I, I, I ain't getting on video. Yeah. I ain't doing shit. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, can I, hey, Pat, you want to do this podcast? What, nobody listens to it? Yeah, I'll do that. That's fine. I can do that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pat, what makes you the most nervous about going into this fight? Because there's got to be something that's just like, eh, man, if that happened, that'd be kind of a bitch. Besides losing. Yeah, yeah. yeah besides losing. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the, the crazy thing is, like, uh, I've never fought in a, in a ring before, and the first time it's happening is in front of everyone I know and all my <laughs> careers and all my family members and uh, and uh, across the country on pay-per-view. So it's just like the, uh, I'd say more than anything, the fear of the unknown. Like, I don't know what walking into a ring feels like. I don't know, you know, what, um, you know, any of that feels like. So I think, I think the fear of the unknown is the biggest uh, crippling factor right now. From everything I read, man, you gotta you gotta keep yourself composed walking to the ring because uh, I've heard that that adrenaline rush of walking into the arena, all those people yelling for you, cheering, especially since you're the Youngstown guy in this fight and it's a Youngstown crowd, like people are gonna be supporting you in this one, even if they don't know you, they're gonna be going nuts for you. Right? Uh, it yeah. it's supposedly that is such an adrenaline rush that you're just fucking gassed by the time you get to the ring. So keep yourself yeah. composed walking to the ring. Uh, 
Is yeah, there... I, the guy that, that trains me, he, he said the same thing. He said one time I, he got so hyped up for a fight that he took three steps up to, to get to the ring, and then when he got into his corner, he was, like, out of breath. He's like, he was like I, I had dumped so much adrenaline just getting into the ring that he's like, I was I was tired before the fight even started. So, yeah, uh, yeah definitely something to learn there. Uh, yeah, so uh, let me ask you this, Pat. Uh, Youngstown is obviously home to a, a lot of big names in boxing. You got Boom Boom Mancini, uh, Sober Kelly Pavlik, Jack Lowe. Like, there's a lot of really good uh, boxing <laughs> names. <laughs> uh, and did you reach out to anyone like that? Uh, like, I know Jack Lowe is another Mooney guy. He's got the Southside Boxing Club. Did you reach out to uh, to Jack to see if he can give you some tips or some pointers going into it? Yeah, I mean, going through Mooney, obviously, yeah, like, you know, I know the lows, but uh, I actually sparred with uh, Johnny Lowe, and he brought me into the gym um, a couple of times uh, just for uh, some Saturdays on the weekends whenever whenever he uh, had a chance to uh, to step away from the family and, and uh, give me an, an hour or two of work, uh, he was more than willing to. So, yeah, the, the Lowe's reached out to me and, you know, no charge for the South Side to come in and, and, and work there to, uh, to get me ready for this, and they were all about it. What a great family they are. They were they were. I felt like they were about to get in the fight just because uh, how pumped they were. So yeah, <laughs> um, as far as anyone else, I, I saw Kelly Pavlik at a, a golf outing, but I didn't even approach him about it. Yeah, I don't blame you. He was probably drunk. Uh, so good call on that one. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, "Ah, here's what you do, man. You get shit faced uh, down on South Avenue, and then you fall off a bar stool, and then you ride drunk on a, a tractor and get arrested, and then your career is over." Hey, that's a bad man. No, I would, I would, you wouldn't catch those words coming out of my no, mouth. No, I would never say that to his face. I would, I would never tell Kevin, Kelly Pavlik that to his face. That is just 100% yeah. saying it here where he will never hear it and never be able to find me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Pat, we got a serious question for you. We've been kind of joking, but leading up to this, when was the last time you were punched in the face? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, besides for the training, which has been uh, multiple times on a daily basis, uh, and probably probably high school. Yeah, we had a, a, a fight out in Boardman Park that got all, all uh, kind of crazy. So, yeah, other, other than that, other than the recent uh, barrage that's been on my face, it's been a while since, uh, since the last hit. All right, Pat, let's switch gears for a second. Let's talk about your opponent, uh, Ryan Walters. He's from PA. Uh, he looks like the scuzziest dude I've ever seen. Uh, first, yeah, he sounds like He seriously does. Uh, and we're going to get to some of his audio clips here in a second. But before we get to that, my yeah. first question, are you worried that you're going to catch bed bugs just being in the same ring oh, as him? shit. <laughs> uh, my biggest thing, I, I have it both. I've watched that video a, a ton, uh, just for uh, for humor's sake. Uh, every time, every time he says the word uh, uh, "pretty," it, it cracks me up. So for humor's sake, he he gets the best of me. But yeah, I I I pay no attention to that kid. He uh, I, I my brother Mike sent me a text, and he was like, "You should be insulted that they uh, that they even picked this guy for you." So, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's let the uh, the audience listen here uh, to this is the first uh, thing that I cut out of his video, uh, and I, I'm interested to hear your reaction to uh, to this take from Ryan Walters, the guy that you'll be fighting on Sunday night at Rough and Rowdy Brawl in Youngstown, Ohio. Hi, I'm Ryan Walters, and I'm coming for you, Pat. I heard you got a girlfriend; she's pretty. You know, I'm going to come in here. I'm going to fucking take her off, you bitch. (laughs) 
Are you worried? Are you worried, Pat? Because this dude is clearly a hey, catch. Uh, so I'd be a little nervous. See, I was, I, you know, I, at first when I heard the audio uh, of his uh, tape, I, I thought he wanted to come for my girlfriend. But then towards the end of it, uh, he started talking about me being pretty. So I got real worried about Ryan Walters <laughs> then when he started getting, uh, when he started switching gears then. And now, now I'm worried about it, that he's coming for me instead of uh, instead of my girlfriend. So we got to keep an eye on him. Yeah. So that's uh, this this next clip is uh, exactly what Pat is referring to. Pat there. McClellan, you ain't a fighter, dude. You got your fucking Hawaiian shirt on, your pretty hair. You ain't nothing but a pretty boy, dude. Because I'm either here to fuck or fight, and I don't see your girlfriend. Let's go. <laughs> Wait, so does what? that mean is he, is he going to fuck you with the ring? Like, uh, are you worried that? Uh, are you, all right? So Pat, are you going to cover up your butt? Like, is that it's going to be like guard the jaw? Uh, guard the body and somehow guard the butt so that Ryan Walters yeah, doesn't fuck you yeah. in the ring. Is that what I you're worried about? I mean, luckily boxing face to face. So I know if he talks to us, he can't see around the back end. I know uh, things have reached that level, but uh, yeah, no, that that video he he took me for. I, I was I was dying. I was uh, every time I watch it, it gives me a good good laugh. So, um, All right, I got I got one more yeah, I, one more clip from from uh, Ryan Walters' video, Pat, that I want to get your reaction to. Uh, because if it were me, this would be rather intimidating. Uh, so I, I just want to hear how intimidated you are to find out just how tough the guy you're fighting is. This is from paintball right here, bitch. But after the fight, <laughs> I'm going to have one on this side from your girl after I beat your ass. <laughs> Pat, he's a paintballer. And he got shot in the neck. And now hey, he's coming for your girl. You know, you know that. Everyone says, don't fuck with paintballers, man. That's a bad dude. <laughs> yeah, so, hey, uh, Ryan Walters, I couldn't be more intimidated, man. Uh, yeah, he's just, uh, especially with that video, he seems like he's highly intelligent. Uh, you know, obviously he's a tough guy if he can take a shot like that in the neck. So, uh, yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> he's something special. All right, uh, Pat, before we let you go, man, uh, we do this with each guest. Uh, we're going to have Scott ask you. We got some quick hitter questions, real quick uh, answers. You yeah, don't have don't, to think too hard about say, it. Don't think about them. Just Gut reactions. You're your basically going to be settling some disputes that we have in our Facebook group on, uh, on these questions. Very nice. All right. Plain cake donuts, yay or nay? Hard nay. Mm. That's, uh, that's, that's honestly bullshit. I feel strongly about that. <laughs> Solid, solid answer. Solid somebody, answer. Does, somebody hasn't gone to White House fruit farms in a while. Anyway, shut up. Uh, Jordan or LeBron? Uh, I got to go Jordan. I nah, gotta go Jordan. You're two for two. Good answer. Uh, is Tiger Woods back? No, not back. You Thank are you. nailing Thank you. it. <laughs> you are nailing it. Um, all right. This one's a little bit more complicated. Do you button your shirt from top down or from bottom up? Uh, neither. I'm a, I'm a, a middle button, so I could see that it's a line. So <laughs> I know I got him the line, and then, uh, and then, I, then I work my way out from there. So I'm, I'm a center out. That's Pat. the best answer we've ever gotten. Pat, you were going to kill in this fight because you're fucking crazy. That's the weirdest that's thing the, I've ever heard. No, that's the best answer we've ever gotten. Moving on. All right. Do you zip your pants? <laughs> From the bottom up? No. Or no, the, no, no, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Do you zip the pants <laughs> and then button, or do you button and then zip? Oh, man, that's, I can't imagine anyone zipping and then button. 
that, that sounds you goddamn uh, right, Pat. Fuck. You're but, goddamn uh, right. It's like putting the milk in before your cereal. <laughs> Son of a bitch! No way. That is not the same thing. Anyway, all right. Are IPAs just pumpkin spice lattes for white dudes? No, I'm a. I, I like IPAs. Uh, they get you drunker quicker, and that's the end goal. Isn't it? <laughs> it sure you, is. You might be a white dude. <laughs> um, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Is what? Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with yeah. Yeah, it brings Fuck. back that nostalgia. I think, and then you see it more on uh, around Christmas. So I'm gonna go. Yeah. All right. Well, and the last one. This is the coup de gras. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Wow, I'm. I think the initial reaction is no. I yeah, the sandwiches. You totally redeemed yourself. Pat, you're killing me, bro. <laughs> you're killing me, man. Those last few were dicey, but it, you ended on a good note. <laughs> you know who else thinks a hot dog isn't a sandwich? Ryan Walters. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Walters, yeah. yeah. Uh, they probably do something with, like, the one piece of bread and the hot dog bun over there or something like that. They fuck it up somehow. Uh, Pat, best of luck. Do you know what time you're fighting yet? Have Have they given you that breakdown yet? No, they just gave me a number. So I'm the I'm the 14th fight, and then uh, one of my fellow firemen is right behind me as the 15th fight. So fantastic! Uh, yeah, uh, those fights kick yeah. off at 7:15 at roughandrowdybrawl.com Sunday night. Uh, Pay per view is 15.99 up and through Saturday. Then it goes up to 19.99 after that. If you're in the Youngstown area, go get tickets. Go to the Cavelli Center and go watch Pat. Beat the fuck out of this douchey meth head live because I Hell yeah. I Hell can't yeah. wait to see it. Pat, thanks so much for uh, for calling in, man. We really appreciate your time, bud. Uh, best of luck on Sunday, man. No, I appreciate you guys having me on. It was fun. Uh, thank you for the uh, the well wishes too, and uh, hopefully we can uh, make him come proud. All right, man. Bring us back a winner, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Take it easy, Pat. Right, we'll guys. see you. <laughs> I was Pat McGlone fighting in the rough and rowdy brawl uh, here in Youngstown, Ohio. Holy shit, man. Uh, that was fucking amazing. <laughs> that interview went infinitely better than I thought it was going to. <laughs> Not because I didn't think he would be a good interview, but because I didn't think it was going to be so goddamn entertaining. Like, <laughs> it <was so> holy <laughs> shit, he was hilarious. Was I so glad that he's like, you know, not taking this thing too seriously. Which you be can't, like, like, you can't take this too seriously. Right. But I mean, he's, you know, playing along with everything. I It was great. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, so good. Uh, all right, there was one other thing we were going to talk about tonight before we get into everything. Uh, I know there was somebody trying to call in. Uh, they, they, You could try to call back in, whatever. We're not on uh, 12 Ounce Tonight live, so if we go a little bit over, that, that should be fine. Uh, but anyways, this came out this week. Um, the Oakland Athletics have decided to suspend their season ticket policy, which is, it sounds crazy. Like, the headline is really kind of jarring. I to... had to read this story twice to kind of make sense of it. Not because they're doing away with season tickets, but because of the way they're doing the tiered policy that they're kind of going with. I can't figure out whether or not it's good for the fans or not. Dude, it's great for the fans. Well... <laughs> okay, why do you think it's not good for the fans? The only reason... Hang I... on, back up. Let's let's explain to people okay, yeah, what's yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah. So go ahead right. and explain what they're doing okay, so they're instead doing... of season tickets. Right, so they're doing away with this ticket season ticket package altogether. What they're doing is, for like a base level of, I think, $240, 
you can get in as like a member. Hang on one second. We got a caller here. Craft Root Sports, okay. who's this? Hey, about goddamn time. I've been hearing you fools <laughs> ramble for like three seconds once you picked up the phone. I can tell I can tell that Joe ain't there working on his ghetto-ass Filipino monitor plugged in via USB port. Because, yeah, we know that shit's fake, Sherm. Oh, we know that shit's fake. Wow, yeah. wow Joe shot fire. out firing. Uh, Mookie, you want to fight Joe yeah. on Rough and Rowdy? <laughs> do, do I want to play what? Say that again. <laughs> do you want to fight Joe on Rough and Rowdy? Okay. No, anyways, I moving Joe. On. I love Joe. I just want to make sure he's working with the top-notch class equipment that he deserves. That's all. <laughs> Running monitors on a USB port. What the fuck is this? Nineteen ninety-seven. Weak. <laughs> if it was like Oregon Trail we were talking about, that'd be completely acceptable. But no, this is a top-class organization. Craft Brew Sports for life. So yeah. get your shit together. You goddamn right. It ain't movie. that expensive. Go to freaking Micro Center. Drop seventy-five dollars on a quality screen, and you know what? Life's gonna be so much better. I'm with you on that one, man. I hear you. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> although we can't get the stream right to go on 12 ounce, so clearly shit's all fucked up around here, man. Uh, God we were, fucking damn it. We were all excited because we were going to be like, ah, we got it all right. We're going to tease Joe, and then uh, it didn't work, and we were like, this is Joe's fault for not being here. Um, so wait, anyway. did it work, and then did it stop, or did it, did it just not work at all like last week? Not work at all like last you know, week. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm trying to like tech support or troubleshoot right now. I'm just asking for a friend. No, it, it didn't work at all. I don't know what's going on, man. I'm just fine. Uh, anyways, uh, anyways. So, uh, what do you got for so, us this week, Moogie? Well, first of all, let's, let's talk about Motherfucker of the Week so we can cover that right now. Holy shit. We didn't even do our goddamn Hall of Fame. I told you we were supposed to do that, and we got past 45. In fact, Mookie, we got to go. It's Hall of Fame time. <laughs> Thanks for the call, <laughs> Click. Mookie, we love you, man. I, we'll talk to you next week. Okay, peace out. Love you guys. <laughs> love you, bye. Seriously. How the fuck did I forget about that? That was why I reminded you, like, at 37, I'm like, how much time am I going to do for this? Ah, eh, 45, we'll get out. Now, I got lost in the damn interview. It was a good interview, though. It was, it was such a it. damn good interview. We're not under the time. We're not under the 12-ounce time crunch right now. So oh, we're not? We could, no, because we're not live, oh, on, their, okay. live on the station. So let's do... We can go a little bit over. It's fine. All right. Well, welcome to... <laughs> To your 2018, the inaugural motherfucker Hall of Fame. We are here in beautiful Norwood, Ohio, (laughs) ready to present the non-jackets of any color type that we have. To our five. The middle finger busts. Yes, (laughs) the middle finger busts. To our five nominees. Mike, please lead off with your first inductee the number one inductee the first ever inductee into the motherfucker hall of fame craft root sports motherfucker hall of fame is jerry jones jerry jones is the epitome of a motherfucker motherfucker. (laughs) when you think motherfucker you think jerry jones uh this guy is the worst cannot stop meddling in his team he wants all the spotlight on him i think that's why des bryant got because he was like you're too popular i should be the star of this show i'm the only one uh and he and now des is gone uh jerry jones obviously has had some issues with people kneeling for the anthem despite the fact that he can't take off his fucking hat during the (laughs) national anthem this piece of shit is clearly just an old racist motherfucker and he's the he's like the face of make america great again mm-hmm. like seriously if if you had to put a face to maga it would be jerry jones if you think make america great again 
you think that motherfucker. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> You're, that sums it up so well, man. He you is are right. your official first inductee into the motherfucker. Tip of the cap. Hall uh, of middle finger right to you, Jerry Jones. Congratulations. You goddamn first motherfucker. But not to be outdone, our second inductee into the motherfucker Hall of Fame, who actually Jerry Jones co-signs, and they still have a deal. Best of friends. Papa John. <laughs> Papa John, welcome to the 2018 <laughs> class of motherfucker Hall of Fame. It's bad enough that your pizza isn't that great. I will say it's not as bad as people make it out to be. Hey, I know Mike and I had this conversation For a chain pizza restaurant. No, we did it in the Hot Take episode. Oh, did we? Yes, Hot oh, Take episode. Yeah, that was that one of my hot that, takes. Yeah, that it wasn't uh, that bad. It's not as bad. It's bad. Don't get me wrong. It's bad pizza, but it's chain pizza, so you kind of expect a level of shittiness. So it's not the bottom of the barrel shittiness. It's a good change-up. I would give you that. Yeah, 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 that's fair. Yeah, I haven't had Papa John's in, oh, about 10 years. I'm going to have some Papa John's. Yeah, okay. Uh, but this motherfucker, speaking of racist, <laughs> dropping the <laughs> N-bomb on a conference call with HR. With to a, a conference call designed to avoid future fuck-ups. He drops the N-bomb. Uh, Papa John... You are the worst. From and not only that, he went. He blamed the NFL and the players kneeling for why his pizza wasn't selling well. Like this dude, blame that shitty oil that it comes with it, that shitty pepper that's in the box that they throw in there. Don't blame people kneeling. <laughs> <laughs> blame that. <laughs> Here's some produce we had left over. Throw it in the box. Fuck them. Uh, Papa John, your second nominee into the motherfucker Hall of Fame. Third nominee, uh, not nominee, third, no, third inductee, inductee. Uh, into the Motherfucker of the Week Hall of Fame, Kobe. This motherfucker gave himself a nickname, and I don't care who you are, as soon as you give yourself a nickname, I'm fucking done with you. Black Mamba can eat a Black Mamba, as far as I'm concerned. This motherfucker scored 81 points in a game, taking a billion shots. Did the same thing in his final ever NBA game, taking a billion shots to score 60. He set fucking team basketball back about four decades. People think that Jordan was a ball hog, and then this motherfucker, who was Jordan wannabe light, came across and just fucked up the entire league. Everybody says that it was Shaq's fault that the Lakers fucking fell apart. No, it was solely on the shoulders of Kobe. I don't give a shit that you want another one after Shaq left. Shaq won another one after he left. So what's that tell you? He did it with less less of a Kobe in, in Dwayne Wade. Motherfucker, Kobe is the worst. That is, and that doesn't even scratch the tip of the iceberg. He's a fucking rapist. Ah, that was a good joke, you goddamn <laughs> asshole! You son of a bitch, that was going to be my joke. I was going to let you rant. That's why I was like, yeah, keep it going, keep it going. And then I was just going to come in and go... Kobe raped a girl. Moving on to your next inductee uh, for the motherfucker Hall of Fame. This is a guy that during discussions pre-show as we're trying to figure out who should go into the motherfucker of the week poll. This is a dude we very rarely put into the poll. And the reason why is because we know putting him in will be an automatic W. He is going to get voted on every time just as soon as somebody sees his leathery fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great description. And that is none other 
than Nick Saban, the next entry into the motherfucker Hall of Fame. Which is funny because we spent all that time talking about Urban Meyer. Nick Saban is literally the only person who's not calling Ohio State to get that job. Mm. He's secure in his fucking Alabama ways. This motherfucker has made so much money off the backs of black skin people. (laughs) And yet doesn't advocate for them whatsoever. But tomorrow, if somebody offered... Ten more dollars at another university, he'd be fucking gone. <laughs> this motherfucker thought he was amazing after he left LSU and said, "You know what? I'm gonna conquer the NFL." And he went to Miami and, and sucked all the totally dick. sucked a dick just out of the NFL quickly, and then went to Alabama and immediately became one of the greatest coaches ever. Uh, and all of that is done in the shadiest ways. I know he hasn't been caught yet, but he's gonna get caught. And when that happens. I know I shit on people for like, oh, don't talk shit about Urban Meyer because there's a victim in this and blah, blah, blah. As soon as Nick Saban gets caught, for whatever it is, whatever recruiting violation it is, I am going to dance. I will fucking river dance because this shady motherfucker is the worst. And I can't wait for his downfall. And it's coming. I don't know when, but it's coming. (laughs) Fuck Nick Saban. I have a feeling that unfortunately it's not going to come until after he retires, which is the shitty part. It's probably after we he won't dies. Even better, yeah, we won't even be able to actually enjoy the downfall. I'll like still that. enjoy it. I'll piss on that <laughs> motherfucker's grave. The wait, final- wait, 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 real quick. I think one of one of the things that makes him the biggest motherfucker is the way he interacts with the media, acting as oh, if they Bill have it Belichick so bullshit. bad at oh, Alabama. Don't don't hype up my players. That's rat poison. You yeah, <laughs> you you piece of shit. <laughs> You goddamn motherfucker. Your final inductee into the motherfucker Hall of Fame. Cincinnati's own. This is coming from a Reds fan. Pete Rose, fuck you. Not only can Pete Rose not shut his mouth, whenever it comes up with, hey, man, uh, maybe we should reinstate Pete Rose, he's got to bring the conversation up. He's got to bring it up. And, hey, I should be back in. You should allow me into the Hall of Fame. He did that bullshit commercial with his wife where he's walking through the hallway with all the trophies. And his wife was like, Pete, not in the hall. And he's like, even in my own house? Hold on, hold on, hold on. That Asian chick was actually his wife? Yeah, they were married. I thought that was fake. No, they were married. Yeah. Totally married. That uh, makes him a motherfucker. He did a guy. he did a reality show for three episodes uh, that got shit can. But above all that, besides the betting on baseball, which I can forgive, besides the constantly bringing it up and trying to get reinstated, which I can forgive, he fucked little kids. I don't think people realize this. It was so it came out in his deposition or when he sued. Uh, somebody about not being allowed in baseball he sued and it came out in court that he had sex with a 15 year old girl and pete rose's defense to that was no 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 she was 16 (laughs) (laughs) he was 34 years old married with two kids and he said no 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 no. she wasn't 15 she was 16 when i fucked her do you realize you're um very close to being that age and i am not far behind oh, you fuck i'm like two days away yeah. from that age <laughs> that's what i'm saying um that we're we're, we're almost uh. Pete rose when he banged a 15 year old jesus a 16 year old 16 uh, 16 uh, who's uh, the stories came out that he was like shuffling 
15 year old girls and 14 year old girls at spring training and like there was somebody whose job it was to get Pete Rose young girls the fuck fuck this piece of shit from one Reds fan to every other Reds fan fuck Pete Rose he's the worst stop supporting this guy he is your final inductee into the motherfucker hall of fame what a class what a class of mother fuckers (laughs) In fact, I'm already dreading next year having to do... We can't top this. There's, there's not a group of five people that we could possibly We cannot get top this class. Than this class. This was... Uh, this is the motherfucker coup de gras. This was, this was what we should have done when we decided to stop doing motherfuckers, because we're not going to top these five. These five are true. the motherfuckerest of them all. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that because that was super fun for me. I really enjoyed that. I loved the Christmas music that played in the background. (laughs) Uh, I loved venting about these guys. Holy shit, that was amazing. Uh, Should we get into uh, Consume It or Can It? Absolutely. Okay, let me find the uh, the sound. Oh, you know what? That was Joe's idea, by the way, about the Motherfucker Hall of Fame. So shout out to Joe for coming out with that idea. Ah, that was just for Joe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Consumer Candidate brought to you, as always, by Tavor. This week, we have Dogfish Head Liquid Truth Serum IPA. Scott, I will let you go first. You want the truth? I want the truth. Consume. Mm. This beer not only held up, it's still going strong. At 7%, it's you got to sip it slow. Slip but- it. Yep, you got to slip it so. You got to slip that Jimmy right on in real slow. (laughs) But no, I mean, the flavor is still just as good from the first sip until now. Um, Nothing changed, which is very weird to me. I thought I thought like you mentioned at the top of the show when we were talking about the flavor, maybe not holding up that it would get to where I thought "Eh, it's too happy or it's a little bit better. But this beer is really fucking good. Like, this is the rare IPA that I can say, not only do you need to go try, but I'm like, "Mm, I'm probably going to pick up more of this just when I get the chance just to have for myself, because it's really damn good. So, consume all the way. Easy. Double consume, because holy shit, is this a good IPA. I don't know if it's my taste buds evolving where it comes to IPAs. Like, I actually... Uh, I absolutely think that it's mine. I I could tell you... I don't know if I would have consumed this before. A year ago, I would have came the shit out of this beer. But it, okay, let, let's go back to our roots when it comes to IPAs. How many brushes on this one? Ooh, that's despite the fact that it doesn't actually come super heavy with the the hoppy flavor, I still feel like this is a two brush. Mm, that's exactly what I was gonna go with. It's a <laughs> this, double brush. This definitely for has sure. a, a two brush feeling to it because it's it's still strong. Yeah, it's a uh, it's definitely a two brusher. But I w- I am also consuming it. It is such a good beer. Uh, it is. Very topical fruits. Uh, very topical <laughs> fruits. <laughs> Thank you for remembering that. I had forgotten about the topical fruits. Uh, but it, it, that's going in the description. It's of this not one for sure. It's not overly hoppy. Like it's no. Uh, and and we've talked about this before. When a beer has more, like it's got fruits that cut into the the hops flavor, we tend to like it way more. This one, despite all of the hops that they're advertising on the can, they're talking about this an IPA bursting with all the hops. That's what it says on the can. Whole leaf, liquefied, pelletized, and powdered. I am not, uh, like, I, I don't hate it. Like, normally I'd be like, dude, that was way too hoppy. This is 
such a good beer. A year um, ago, I wouldn't have even considered picking the cans, mm-hmm. up, let alone purchasing them. So I know that my taste buds have evolved, and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Uh, so double consume on Liquid Truth Serum IPA by Dogfish Head Brewing. This has been Consumer Can It. Get you some topical fruit. As always, buy Tavor, the topical fruits, man. They're so good. <laughs> they have topical fruits? God damn it. They have topical fruits, son? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dude, what a fun show this has been. I miss Joe. Um, I do miss Joe, but it was, it was really fun. Like it, I I swear when we have the issues and we just end up going and saying, fuck it. And we get back to our roots, just doing the show, not caring who's listening, what technical things are going on. Everything ends up being better. I haven't looked at the Facebook stream all night. Like, I don't even know what's going on there. I don't know. I saw some comments, but the tech issues drive me fucking crazy. And and to those of you that listen, I really apologize. Like, I it drives me nuts. We are trying so hard week after week because we get it to work pre-show, post-show, and we think, all right, we got it down. And then without fail 10 minutes before we're supposed to go live something happens and everything fucks up and it's like all right we're just gonna have to deal with this but it's so weird because we know exactly we've done it before and we know what we have to do work and it just should work doesn't work so to those of you on 12 ounce uh listening to this replay i apologize i i will figure this out i don't know when uh, next week is likely our last episode. If we make it to next week's episode, cross your fingers um, that we get to one more, one yeah, more. It, and we're going to have tank Mansfield on tank is going to come yes. hang out in studio with us. He's got some art shows coming up that he's going to promote. So shout out to tank. Uh, I really hope we get to that episode and he's able to come on. Uh, after that, it is going to be baby time and we're going to take a couple weeks off. And maybe during that time, while I'm sitting there staying up at three o'clock in the morning, doing a feeding or changing a diaper, I can figure out what's going on with these settings and, and why shit isn't working. Uh, Maybe uh, God willing that we're able to figure that shit out. Um, but yeah, tank next week uh, on the ninth. Really looking forward to it. I love when tanks in the studio. He is tanks the one best. of my favorite guests that we've had on the show. He's one I'm of looking, our favorite listeners, period. You goddamn right. I'm really looking forward to having him back in studio. Joe will likely be back next week. Uh, I will be a year older on next week's episode. I'll be more mature. So happy birthday <laughs> to you. I don't care. Good luck. Uh, yeah, so I've been waiting all night to do that. I, I figured you were. Yeah. I, we, we can't go an episode without <laughs> alluding to the Levitard show in some way. I give no fucks uh, on that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, next week is going to be a fun time. Uh, really looking forward to that one. Also, if you guys haven't done so already, go join our Streak for the Cash group. Just go to Streak for the Cash, search for Craft Root Sports in the groups, and join up. You still have plenty of time to get in. That's the cool thing about Streak for the Cash. You can jump in midway through and end up winning the whole thing. We are giving away a ton of stuff. There's going to be a $100 Minuteman gift card that's up for grabs. Uh, there's an autographed Bengals flag by their second and fifth round draft picks, courtesy of Minuteman tickets. We're going to give you a Craft Root Sports t-shirt. Craft Root Sports sticker. And look, don't think that if you're late that you don't have any sh- chance of winning because Streak for the Cash. And that's exactly what I m- just said. No, 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 uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's not that. I was going to say it's that it's such a motherfucker. Not quite motherfucker Hall of Fame worthy. Yeah. But it's a but motherfucker. It just, it, I've thought, like, I used to play it religiously. And no matter what, it was, oh, man, these are some no doubt. I got this. I mean, I can't believe somebody's like, it, 
it's fucking humbling as shit. My streak just broke uh, on a game that was 99%. That <laughs> I was like, uh-huh, there it is. I'm about I've to go to two. I've never had a streak nope. longer than four on this son of a bitch. When I used to play, I used to, like, I would get up to, like, 15, and then I'd shit the bed. But, uh, yeah, go join that. Um, streak for the cash. Just search for Craft Free Sports. Hang out with us, uh, especially during this off time. We're also going to be doing something super fun with picks this year for football. Uh, we'll put stay out, tuned for that. Yeah, we'll put out. We'll talk about that next week, and if we don't get to an episode, we'll put out a video about that. Uh, but as always, follow the show at Craft B Sports. You can follow Scott at Scotty K underscore Junior. You can follow me at Mike Berlon. Tweet Joe at Joe Goalie Four. Tell him to get well soon and get back in the studio because I can't fucking do this. We miss another you, week. Joe. Uh, as always, you can hit up the show anytime you want on the Drunk Line four four zero thirty seven Drunk twelve ounce sports i apologize again we'll get this shit figured out uh thank you guys so much for tuning in cheers everybody the patriots got another white wide receiver god damn